Friends, today we conclude our sermon series entitled, I'm In, as we focus our attention towards our investments. The truth is, is that we all are invested in something. Now, an investment is anything that we put our time or our money into in order to gain returns much greater than what we put into it. For those of us who are financially invested in the stock market, whether it's a 401k or a 403b or maybe even an IRA, we know that our investments go up or down based on how well the markets are. And now more than ever, it's quite depressing for us to look at our financial investments. But investments are not limited to our money, for we invest our time and energy into all kinds of things, Many invest their efforts into their businesses or into their line of work. Some invest in their hobbies, others in relationships, some in philanthropic endeavors, maybe in your children's extracurricular activities or sporting events or music or theater, physical fitness, outdoor adventures, and the list could go on and on and on. It's often been said that if you want to know someone's priorities, take a look at their calendars and take a look at their checkbooks. We are all invested in something, and today we are reminded and commanded by Jesus to invest in the right things. And so our scripture today comes from Matthew's gospel and is a part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And his sermon provides both practical instruction but also personal indictment. That's right, Jesus' vision of what it means to live for God often bothers us because it calls us to a radical response that challenges our natural tendencies. Think about it. Loving those who love us is very easy to do, but loving our enemies is another thing altogether. Throughout the church's history, many have sought to soften or reduce his words to make them more palatable, But this hinders us from examining our own indictments so that we can follow his instructions. As we read his words today, I remind you that Jesus speaks more about what we accumulate, whether our wealth or possessions, more than anything else in all of his teachings in the four Gospels that we have. So if this is the case, we must open our ears and our minds and especially our hearts to receive his instruction that we might live into his kingdom, reign together. Jesus tells us, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Think about it for just a moment. Today, you are watching our worship service from a computer or a tablet, maybe an iPhone, or maybe even from your television set thanks to an internet provider. You are watching it from the comfort of your own home. In fact, many of you are still in your pajamas this morning, and you're sitting there with disheveled hair that looks mostly like afros at this point. Hopefully you got up early enough to eat breakfast, finding something in your refrigerator or maybe something in your cabinet to eat. You've brewed your coffee or maybe you've had an espresso from your fancy espresso machine. Some of you have enjoyed a warm shower and got dressed for church this morning. 
The biggest decision thus far was deciding what you would wear today as you chose something from an array of clothes lined up in your closet. And even though it appeared that we might need to build an ark this week, all of us have found comfort in the warm and dry places we call our homes. And truth be told, even if the roof leaks, we can more than likely find the needed funds to get it repaired. However, more than one billion people in the world live on less than one dollar per day, and about three billion people live on less than two dollars per day. And even in the United States, between 12 and 20 percent of people live below the poverty line. And this is what I want you to think about. Jesus would have been included in those who struggle day to day to survive. His home didn't have air conditioning nor a refrigerator. He worked with his father, who was a day labor carpenter. And he lived in a very dry and hot climate where food was dependent upon fishing or farming. Yet, Jesus saw homes every single day in the surrounding areas of Sepphoris or even Tiberias, of wealthier Jews or Romans who lived in villas with plenty of food and entertainment to have for themselves. He worked in such areas and saw the extravagance with his own eyes and at the end of the day would return back to Galilee where just having daily bread was a blessing. And it's in this context that Jesus teaches us about our investments. He begins by commanding us not to store up for ourselves treasures on earth. Now treasures can be all kinds of things, but he's talking primarily about finding joy from accumulating things. He understands the desire to acquire stuff and the dangers of doing such things. For earthly treasure is something of value to us. Sometimes it's of monetary value and other times it's of emotional value. For instance, we can purchase safes to hold our expensive jewelry or maybe even our expensive guns or anything that has financial value to us. And we put them in a safe to secure them and to provide protection for them, whether from a fire or from someone who might break in and try to steal them. But there are other treasures that are more sentimental to us. Those are ones of emotional value. It could be something that was given to you by a loved one, a memento or a craft made by your son or daughter. Or it could be family photos, whether recent or of a loved one who's entered heaven ahead of us. When I was a young child, we had a house fire that destroyed everything that we owned. And honestly, I don't remember much about it, but what I do remember is that my mother was most upset, not about losing her stuff and the things that she had. She was most upset about losing my baby photos. That was something that she treasured and she could never get back. You see, earthly treasures are temporal. Jesus knows that they do not last, for house fires happen and tornadoes and hurricanes ravage our homes. Mice can get into our storage bins and tear up our treasures, and thieves can break into our homes and take them away forever. You see, having earthly treasures is not sinful, but allowing them to become idols that misplace our worship is. And Jesus' indictment of us is that often we invest in earthly treasures that do not last nor satisfy us. You see, there's no foolproof safe 
or place on earth that can prevent our earthly treasures from being taken. Safes are cracked open, bank accounts are hacked, and identity theft and robberies take place every single day. Investing in earthly treasures eventually leads to heartache and can actually shift our sight from the things that matter most. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves. It's clear that the desire to acquire ultimately leads us to being held captive by the things that we have acquired. But what's really wrong with storing up for the future? Many of us are not greedy people. We seek to be wise and good stewards of our money by saving, and so we intentionally invest our money for our retirement, or maybe we invest our money for our children's college fund. Maybe we even put money back in savings in case there's an emergency that might happen unannounced. Are these these things wrong? Not necessarily. I think the larger issue becomes for us how much is enough. How much security do we really need, and are we putting our trust in our own efforts? The danger is that we always need just a little bit more for ourselves. You know, Jesus addresses this in Luke's gospel through his parable on the rich fool. This rich man had an overabundance of grain, so much so that his barns were not big enough to store all of it. So he tore them down and he built bigger barns to store them so that he could eat, drink, and be merry when he retired. His blessings held him captive and kept him from being a blessing to others in need. And this man's life was taken from him and he lost everything that he had saved up for himself. Because his vision was clouded with greed, which led to him storing up only earthly treasures. But Jesus commands us to be wise investors, commanding us to store up treasures in heaven where nothing can destroy our efforts. He wants our vision to be clear, for our eyes to be full of light. He tells us the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy... Your body will be full of darkness. If the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The Greek translation implies the word healthy is being generous, and unhealthy is being stingy. In other words, Jesus says that how we see things affects not only our vision, but also our hearts. And a right understanding of our relationship with God and God's provision for us should lead us to respond with generosity and with gratitude rather than being greedy and only serving ourselves. It reminds me of the early church right after Pentecost when the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Luke tells us all the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. The church looked beyond themselves, willingly giving up earthly treasures for the needs of others. You see, a generous heart fills the body with light, which opens our eyes to invest in heavenly treasure. But a stingy heart will fill our bodies with darkness, which blinds our eyes to invest only in earthly treasures. And this leads us to being mastered by our possessions, becoming a slave to them, For Jesus is clear that you cannot be a servant of both God and 
money. You will love one and you will despise the other. In fact, he tells us, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if God is our greatest treasure, then it changes our perspective on what truly matters in our lives. It's no longer about pleasing ourselves or simply getting whatever we want. It's about seeking God's will, desiring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And God has given us the opportunity to participate in his kingdom reign here, to invest in heavenly treasure by following Jesus as we live our lives. This means that we're called to invest our time and our money in things that promote God's kingdom, working towards changing the disparities of those who have and those who have not, serving the least of these as if we are serving Jesus Christ himself. A number of years ago, while I was serving as the associate pastor at Eastminster Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina, I was blessed to serve alongside of some saints there who freely invested their time in a foot care ministry with the homeless every Tuesday in downtown Columbia. Now I have to tell you, it's one thing to serve a meal to the hungry, but it's entirely another to humbly get on your knees and roll up the tattered and dirty pants of a homeless person in order to wash and take care of their feet. This ministry not only provides food for the hungry, but also physical care to those who are constantly on their feet and who often have sores and cuts and calluses because of it. These saints joyfully greet each person, washing their feet, then trimming their nails and removing their calluses, and then offering each one a new pair of socks and a new pair of shoes. For two hours each Tuesday, the compassion and the love of Christ is shared with folks who are marginalized, who are poor, and who are often ignored or even avoided. They are the ones dependent upon the daily bread provided by others. But on Tuesdays, they are welcomed, they are fed, and they are cared for in the name of Christ because followers of Jesus are investing their time to be with them. You know, you don't have to serve the homeless in order to invest in heavenly treasures. But you do have to serve beyond yourself. And so Jesus calls all of us to examine our own lives and to evaluate where our treasure truly is. It's possible that we have misplaced our priorities allowing these earthly idols to misplace our worship of the greatest treasure, which is God the Father. And if so, Jesus calls us to reorient our eyes, to invest our hearts in heavenly treasure that cannot be stolen or ruined by anyone or anything. You see, he calls us to recognize the blessings that he has provided for us, our homes, running water, food, money, and even our time, and in gratitude to use whatever we've been given to be a blessing to others who find themselves in humbling circumstances. In doing so, we store up treasures in heaven as we provide earthly blessings for others in the name of Christ. The Apostle Paul says it this way, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things.
Friends, my prayer for us today is that you and I would be wise investors who invest in heavenly treasure that has eternal, eternal significance as Christ's church together. Friends, may it be so this day and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.